Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Right here in Vision Month, what we do is, is we don't just have a Vision Sunday and we don't just do that as the new year comes. We actually believe God wants you to run with vision into your new year. Not walk into a new year wondering what could be and what's going to happen, but instead, before the year happens, I get to a place, because God wants you to run from rest and rest leads to vision and clarity. At the end of a year, I get myself in a position of rest, thankfulness, and receiving so I can run into next year. Who wants God to reveal to them His plans for next year? Come on, as a church in every campus, who knows God has answers and direction that He wants to reveal to you because He's a good Father, amen? And who knows, sometimes as parents, we don't really know what's going on and we just make it up. Now, this is not the case of God, but I found it was probably true with my mum and dad. I discovered this in a whole number of ways. One recently where my kids had some chewing gum and I said to my youngest, did you spit it out? And he goes, no, I swallowed it. I said, are you kidding me? Call the paramedics. That's gonna be in his stomach for seven years. And my oldest said, son said, dad, that's ridiculous. It's not gonna be in there for seven years. I said, it is a medical fact. For the next seven years, he's gonna have gum in his stomach. And my son said, Let's Google it. And I Googled it, and I wanna set some people free today. It does not stay there for seven years. I've had like in the gum advent calendar, just counting down the days till I'm gum free. But it's not true. Something else mum and dad told me was that if you eat the apple seeds, an apple tree is gonna grow in your stomach. I remember having like 18 apple seeds, and now I've only got 17. Did I eat one? Am I gonna be like Groot of Guardians of the Galaxy? Like like a walking tree, like <laughs> My, my uh, parents told me, I don't know if any of you heard this, chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Did anyone hear that? Yeah. Oh, driving in the country. You see a brown cow and you nod like, job well done. Good on you. I appreciate what you provide. It's not true. Who heard? If you pull a face and the wind changes, your face will stay that way. It was a lie to stop you being a face puller. I remember one time accidentally doing it in front of a fan and went, then the fan hit me and I'm like, oh no, I am like this forever. Thank God, it wasn't true. Lay in bed at night eating carrots because mum and dad told you that carrots meant you could, when you eat carrots, you could see in the dark. Well, who's wearing glasses now, mum and dad? <laughs> Whatever. Can we go to Macca's? No, McDonald's is closed. And then when I got older, I learnt what 24-7 meant and I just realised it wasn't close, they were cheap. <laughs> I'd say if you cut your food that way, you'll never get a girlfriend. And I was like, well, I'm gonna learn how to cut my food. So at 12, I was quite mature. I was an expert at cutting my food. Well, I didn't get a girlfriend for another 12 years. It turns out it wasn't how I cut my food. I was just an ugly kid. We say things to our kids now that's not true. Like, you know, they'll say, can we do this? And I'll say, I'll think about it. But the truth is, I'm not thinking about it. Or tell me, the tr tell me, Jack, tell, Jordan, whoever, tell me the truth and I won't get mad. But the truth is, Dad's already mad. <laughs> and we all do it. 
don't, we've all heard it because we're all flying blind, just trying to make it through sometimes. But this is not the case with God. God knows exactly every detail of your life and He knows exactly what He has for you next. But we get to make a decision whether we walk into what He has for us next. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing! In all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Absolutely nothing. There's no detail, no worry, little thing coming that God doesn't see. He's seen everything that's been, that is and will be, amen? So I found that I can then go to God because I don't have to wonder what the next seasons of my life look like. God has a vision for the next seasons of my life. This is why we read in Psalm 37, verse 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and He delights in every detail of their lives. God delights in the detail of your life and He has mapped out every step that you get to take. He has deliberate, intentional seasons in which He wants to reveal to you what He is doing. God doesn't want you to fly blind. He wants you to have trust and He wants you to live in faith, but He also wants to reveal to you vision and plans for your life. And the way I think this works is God often reveals it, but we have to choose to hear it and see it and believe in it. What I get to do is when God gives vision, I get to accept it, I get to believe it, I get to follow it, I get to repeat it, and then I get to live in the fullness of it. So often we wanna see the fullness of it before we believe it, accept it, follow it and repeat it. So God would, all through Scripture, speak not just to individuals, but God always uses His church. God speaks through His church. So in the Old Testament, we would see a man or woman of God get a revelation from heaven and they would speak to the nation. And when God spoke to the nation, the nation didn't just say, good for you, Elijah, or good for you, Jonah. They would hear the Word. I mean, even people that didn't follow God would like Nineveh, they would get a Word from God and it would change how they prayed. It would change how they thought, it would change how they behaved and it would change their future because God spoke, everyone listened and believed and responded. So then we go to the New Testament and of course, we've got the Holy Spirit now that can speak to us directly. But guess what? Even though the Holy Spirit can speak to us directly and does, God still speaks through His church. Paul talks about this a lot I'll refer to Paul a fair bit in this message because Paul would give vision to the church because Paul was the apostle. Paul was the leader. Paul established the churches and led the churches. And he actually says in 1 Thessalonians, he says to the church, I'm so glad that when I spoke to you, you didn't just see it as man's words. You heard from God. This is what he says. Read whatever's underlined or highlighted. He says, and we also thank God continually when you receive the Word of God. You received the Word, not just heard the Word, but received the Word which you heard from us. You accepted it not as a human Word, but as it actually is the Word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. He was saying that when, leave it up for a moment, that when He gave the Word, they not only heard the Word, but they received the Word. 
When God speaks, you've got to receive the Word. But they realised it wasn't just Paul's idea. Paul wasn't just pulling out a theme from here, a direction from there, a word from God from anywhere. He was getting a word from heaven. He was giving it to the church. The people recognised that even though man was speaking, God was actually speaking. And then they put it at work in their life when they believed it. I love of you who believe, which probably means some just heard, but others believed and then they saw spiritual fruit in their life. Can I encourage you, as we go into a new year and into a new season, when we come with a vision and a theme and a message, if you can, let's say it this way, a prophetic leading for our next year, while you're hearing your pastor share it, it's actually a word from heaven. I wanna encourage you at the middle of last year, God revealed to us what He was going to do next year as we go into our 100th year. He showed us so clearly, prophetically, in Scripture, in words, in pictures, in visions, what God was going to do next year. And I want to encourage you that you get to believe it. Of course he speaks like he said to Jeremiah said, for I know the plans he has for you. The psalmist said, he's the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. This is God saying, I have plans for you. I have purposes for you. I have direction for you. Do you hear it? And do you see it? Everyone say, see it. See, when we come and we say as a church, God is leading us to a season of building community of miracles and revival. Come on, who gets excited? Come on, who wants miracles and revival in their life? Do you believe it? In every campus, I'll tell you, it's not just our Word, it's your Word. It's God saying to you, I wanna reveal miracles and revival in your life. Come on, if you wanna, just say amen. amen. Now you've heard the Word, just like Gillian's heard the Word. Gillian, what's the theme for next year? Building a community of miracles and revival. But Gillian's heard it, but the problem he hasn't seen it. So if this bowl were to be the vision, I can cast the vision, but the question is, can you receive the vision? See, Gillian, the vision is coming your way. Catch the vision. Gillian, it's coming in your direction. Get ready to receive the vision. Gillian, here it is. Vision for your life. I've got vision. Can't you hear it? Community and miracles and revival. But unless he can see it, the moment the vision comes, it's not only cast, but it's received. See, so often the Word of God comes and we hear the promises of God, but we don't receive the promises of God because you don't see the promises of God. And what happens when you don't see the promises of God, but you've heard His promises, the hits keep coming because you're not able to see what God has, so you've heard, but not seen, so you can't receive. See, when God plans a word and gives you a word or a theme, when He has purpose and plans for your life, you actually have to run to receive it, not just wait and hope it comes your way. This is why Habakkuk says, not just speak the vision, but it says, write, the Lord answered me, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. What is he saying? He's gonna say, you not only have to hear the vision, they have to see the vision. And when you see the vision, so he may run who reads it. 
This is how it works. God gives vision and it's our responsibility to not only hear it, but see it in our spirit and then run after the plans and purposes that God has for your life. Come on, once more, who wants miracles and revival? Uh, who believes this is what God is calling His church to? Who, if you lift your hand if you're part of the church. It's you. So now it, once you've heard it and seen it, you have to go for it. So how do you run after God's plans for your life? I'm gonna help you today. Number one, what do we have to do? You have to see the miracles and revival before you see the miracles and revival. Let me say it again. You have to see the miracles and revival before you see the miracles and revival. What do I mean? Is that you've heard it, but now you've got to see it in your spirit. You've got to get a word. You've got to get a scripture. You've got to get a vision. You've got to get a picture of what God's going to do so that you can see it in your spirit before you see it outworked in your life. Let me show you. Paul, again, writing now to the church in Ephesus, says this. He says in Ephesians 1, he says, I pray, and again, read with me. I pray that the eyes of your heart, notice this, not the eyes in your head. First is the eyes in your heart. The eyes in your heart may be enlightened. This is spiritual imagination. In order that you may know the hope. Say that word with me, it's really gonna matter. That you may know the hope to which He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance by His in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Again, there's that word. For those that believe, the eyes of their heart would be opened so that you can know the hope to the promises and power that God has for your life. This is how it works, is that when God speaks, you get the opportunity to either just hear it or believe it. In order to believe it, you need the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your spirit to have spiritual imagination and enlightenment to catch a hold of what God has for your life that you may go after it because His promises and His benefits are made available to those that don't just hear, but but see, see, God doesn't want you to live with vague. This is why when the blind man, blind Bartimaeus comes to Jesus, Jesus makes him say what's in his spirit before Jesus does what he needs. So God doesn't just respond to your need, He responds to your faith. So He says to blind Bartimaeus, and everyone knew what blind Bartimaeus needed, even blind Betty, blind said, what do you want? And he's like, well, I want to see. And Jesus says, well, as you believe, you receive and He's healed. We see another time because it's about vision. We're trying to get vision. Two blind men now come to Jesus and He asked them, what do you want? And they said, sir, we wanna see. And Jesus says, according to your faith, not according to your need or even according to my promises. It's according to your faith that they received their vision. You see, faith, get this, Faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for. Not what I have received, but back to what Paul's saying, the eyes of my heart have had a picture of what I am hoping for. See, faith is the substance or the assurance. That word substance in the Greek means it's like a legal letter or a deed. Paul is saying that faith 
is having an imagination spiritually, having a faith in God, having an understanding that what I haven't seen yet is mine and I hold on to it, I believe in it, I pray for it and I ask for it until it's like I have the legal letter in my hand, until I have possession in my spirit, until I have the deed in my possession, until spiritually the eyes of my heart are awakened, then faith is the Legal holding in your spirit. Faith is the deed in your spirit. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You have to get vision in your spirit before you see the vision outworks in your life. Do you believe God's got miracles and revival for your church? Do you believe God's got miracles for your life? You gotta get it in your spirit. You gotta get time with God where you see this. God knew this was the principle for everyone. Abraham, who we promised would be the father of many nations, never saw the actualization of that dream and vision for many years. And that would be frustrating. So God said, no, you've got to get a picture. So he calls Abraham out of his tent to a place where he can see a picture of the stars so that every year and every month and every time Sarah, his wife, didn't fall pregnant and he went to a dark place and the hits kept coming. He knew he had to get to a place where he could picture in his spirit the stars which represent the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren because he needed a vision that he would run after. This is why uh, Proverbs tells us where there's no vision, the people perish. It means where there's no vision, people lose their way. When you don't have vision, you'll go round and round in circles trying to find the answer. What you've got to do is find the vision. And when you found the vision, he'll bring the answer. Jacob got this. Jacob was a man that was promised much, but lived with little. He was a man that was blessed. He was a man that had a great spiritual and natural inheritance. Yet he finds himself working for his uncle Laban, and things don't go to plan over and over and over again, let down after let down, hit after hit, hit working and working, but never breaking through. Maybe that feels like you. Maybe you've been trying and trying and believing and believing and waiting and waiting and hit after hit. But you know there's a promise on your life. You know there's destiny on your life. You've got to get vision. So he has an idea. He goes to his uncle Laban and Jacob's caring for the uncle's sheep and, and, and animals. And the uncle has a whole variety of animals. Some are plain coloured and some are speckled and spotted. And he goes to the uncle and he says, I've got an idea. I want to increase my wage. So I'm going to continue to care for your animals. But what if you were to remove all the speckled and spotted animals to another place and just leave me with the plain animals? And when those plain animals mate, any of the animals that they have that are spotted and speckled will be my wage. Well, his uncle heard this plan and went, that's ridiculous. Spotted and speckled animals have spotted and speckled animals, but plain doesn't produce spotted and spe speckled. Let me say it this way, a plain season doesn't produce a spectacular season. He goes, sure, good luck. Now I'm no zoologist, but Jacob's going after something here that seems ridiculous. So the uncle moves the spotted and speckled animals three days away. And all Jacob is left with is a vision that is plain. So he does something in Genesis 30, verse 36. Jacob, however, took fresh cut branches from the 
from the poplar, almond and plane trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all of the watering troughs so they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they mated in front of the branches and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. See, God created a vision and a dream in the mind of Jacob. He had something that was plain, but he wanted something that was spotted and speckled or spectacular. He wanted something that was better than what he had. He wanted an inheritance that was promised. So he knew without vision, he could never receive the promise. He learned that from his grandfather, Abraham. So what he does is he gets this wood and he makes the wood in such a way that it now is brown and white. It's spockled, spockled and speckled. It's spotted and speckled. And every time the animals came to drink in a place of rest, they would see the vision of speckled and spotted. And when they then reproduce, they reproduce something spectacular. It wasn't just divine promise. It was divine promise with a vision because He knew even the animals had to follow the principles and the promises of God is that when you get a vision from heaven, you reproduce something supernatural and something spectacular. I believe if you been in a plain, ordinary season, God wants to lead you into a spectacular season of miracles and revival, but you don't just hold on to the past promises, you need to get a vision today. Come on, if you believe it, say Amen. Because our world tells you that seeing is believing. And we believe that, so we stop believing when we stop seeing. But the kingdom of heaven is different. It's believing is seeing. Is that when you start believing in the promises of God, the eyes of your heart are opened until you get a picture and a vision and a word that you can hold on to. And then you run after what God has for your life. See, I believe with all of my heart that God is leading us into a season of miracles. If you believe it, say Amen. Come on, in every campus, if you believe God is leading you into a season of miracles, say amen. Life-changing miracles, church-changing miracles, family-changing miracles. I mean, nothing is too hard for Him, but it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to agree with it, but it's another thing to see it. And I wanna inspire you in your prayer time, in your downtime towards the end of the year. Don't just get through and get by. Get a word, get a vision, get a dream. I believe vision and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. And when you ask Him for one, He'll give you one that you can hold on to as you ask and seek can knock so you can go after the miracles in the natural that you've already seen in your spirit. I believe God's leading us into a season of revival. If you believe it in every campus, say amen. amen. Revival where dead and sleepy things awaken and come to life. I'm believing for a revival in marriages, a revival in relationships, a revival in the church, a revival in our community, a revival in politics, a revival in your business, a revival in your influence. I believe God's gonna bring dead things to life. Come on, if you believe it, join with me in faith. Can you see it? Can you imagine it? Can you believe it? You have the deed to it. You just gotta grab a hold of it. You need what is hoped for, 
Faith is the assurance, the confidence, the, the legal deed, the, the legal paper, the grabbing a hold of when my eyes are open, things that are hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's this vision that leads me to faith, that leads me to hope, that leads me to be in the position to run after the vision that God's made plain for us. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet in every campus? We're gonna pray for you for a moment. Acts 2.17, I believe you can hear from God. I believe you can see from heaven. Acts 2.17 says, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour, my, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh, on everyone. The great thing about today is that every one of us can have the Holy Spirit's anointing to do and receive exactly what He promises next. That your sons and daughters shall prophesy, that your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I believe it's time to start dreaming again. I believe it's time to start believing again. I believe it's time to start seeing visions again. What I love is it talks about children, young men, young women, and old men and old women. It's everyone. For those that once have vision and you've lost it and you've been going around in circles and taking the hits, it's time to dream again. For those that have never seen the miracles and revival of days gone by, it won't be like that. It's gonna be a new one, but you can get a vision of it before it happens, that even our kids will begin to prophesy. I mean, how good when our kids get a word from heaven that inspires the next generation. I believe it's time to vision, believe and go again to ask Him, dwell, get a word, get a Scripture, and for the eyes of our heart, open and run. So in every campus, if this is you and you say, God, I don't wanna just hear it. I wanna see it so I can receive it. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, I thank You that You speak to Your church. I thank You that we are Your church and that You are so kind to reveal Your plans and promises to us. We hear You, that You are building a community of miracles and revival. We know the new wine is here, that Your Spirit is moving and that there are great days ahead. So Holy Spirit, we don't just hear it, but we ask You to allow us to see it. We pray You open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Allow us to see and imagine, to picture and dream what You have for us. I pray, Holy Spirit, as we wait with You and rest with You and hear from You and lean into You, that You would give words, that You would give pictures, that You would give dreams, that You would give confirmation, that You would awaken our spiritual imagination. I prophesy that over the church right now, that the spiritual imagination that's gone to sleep in the church would wake up again and that we would all see and believe and hear in ways we never have for us and our family and our kids and our loved ones and our church and our state and our nation. God, open the eyes of our heart that we may run and dream and possess what You have for Your church and for us next year. So anoint our ears to hear, our eyes to see, our spirits to believe. Incredible days of miracles and revival ahead. In Jesus' Name, everyone said, Amen. Come on, can we just thank God? Isn't He so good? Awesome. Grab your seats, grab your seats. We're nearly done. But hang with me. 
So Abraham got a vision, right? So did the sheep, but let's use Abraham. Abraham got a vision, but the vision could only be outworked when Abraham was connected to Sarah. See, if we want miracles and revival, one more time, who wants miracles and revival? You can't have the latter without the former. Because it's not just miracles and revival, it's building a community of miracles and revival. What God showed Pastor Ashley so clearly earlier in the year is He has more, but it will be found in us. Because God's way of delivering vision is to the church. God's way of outworking miracles and revival and His promises are through the church. And what is the church? The church is us united in one, in one heart, one language, one spirit running in the same direction together. Now, Paul again writing to the church in Ephesus, again teaching them how to receive this, says in Ephesians 1, he says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made Him the head. Everyone say the head. The head of all things for the benefit of the church. You have to understand, scripturally, all of God's benefits and power are for the church, not just an individual. Jesus didn't just die for one. He died for His church. And you are included in that. And then when Jesus wanted to show as the church is birthed in the book of Acts through revival and miracles, He wanted to show His model and His pattern of outworking His promises, benefits, miracles and revival. And as we go to Acts and especially Acts 2, 42 to 47, we see the model that God planned is that they met in the temple courts and in house to house. If we were to put that in today's context, they gathered together on Sunday and they were all part of a small group or a connect group. And what's happened is we crave miracles and revival, but in our church, about one sixth of the church regularly attend a connect group. And we go, God, where are the miracles and revival? But five sixths of the church have rejected God's model, or at least 50% of it. And then a pandemic happens, and the gathering on the Sunday becomes less and less. There's options, there's other ways, alternatives. And eventually we end up missing out on the very model that God had for the outworking of revival and miracles. Because His model hasn't changed. Someone hasn't just recently discovered this new way that God went, oh, after 2,000 years, yours is better. His plan is His plan and His method is His method. The church in some ways is like God's delivery method for His promises and His benefits in community. So Christmas is around the corner and I'm, getting online, already starting to buy some presents. So I went and bought my niece a present the other day and, and I paid for it. I've purchased it. It's hers. But without the delivery truck, it'll never get to her. Jesus paid the price. He purchased miracles, revival, salvation and possibility for your life. But his delivery method always has and always will be the community of believers. Always will be the church. The church is God's delivery truck of miracles and revival. It is how God chooses to outwork where we gather together, believe with one another, confide in one another, lift one another up, encourage one another, spur one another on to good acts and faith, where we believe together and we wait together and we celebrate together as God outworks in us and 
you. And some of those ways have just seemed to have been now like another program or another way. A, a, a connect group, a small group community is not a man idea or a good idea. It's a God idea. And if we want what God has, we need to have His ideas. The gathering is God's plan. And without it, when we become deficient in it, the church will be deficient in miracles. Because, can I say, miracles, revival don't come because of a pastor or a preacher. Can I say, I am not the head of this church. Pastor Ashley is not the head of this church. Paul makes it really clear, Jesus, who is the head. Now you can only have a head if you have a? Say again, you, got a, you can only have a head if you've got a body. So we go to the head, who is the source of miracles and revival, but like in a natural body, He outworks it through the body. He is the source of what we are believing in, but He outworks it through us. So can I encourage you, as we've prayed and as we go after vision, we have to be connected and attached to the method through which He'll outwork it. Because if we have a vision and a picture, but then we're not connected to the body, we miss out on what the source wants to give to us. We can't undervalue the bride. We can't undervalue His method. And in a few years, where the enemy has worked very hard to undervalue this, if I can, we have to remove our pandemic mind and get the mind of Christ to be able to see what He has and go after it. So as the campus pastors come, I'm gonna do one really important thing. Let me say to you, at the end of this year, in this month and in the days ahead, as we take authority over this season and vision month, get vision. Get a word from God in your spirit. Get a belief and an understanding. What am I saying? Get confidence. Get confidence in what God's gonna do like never before. But as you get confidence, let me say another one. Get connected. You've gotta get connected to community. You may say, I don't need it. Can I say, and in love as your pastor, you are wrong. You won't realise what you need until you have it again in a healthy, right way. Get connected. And then miracles and revival will happen. And what happens when we're connected and convicted and confident is God grows our capacity to hold what He wants to pour out. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you.
He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.